Good morning. Let's come on in. Welcome to Country Christian this morning. Let's go ahead and find our seats. We have a something's a little different in here this morning. I can't quite figure out what it is, but it feels a little extra stellar this morning. Extra galactic. Anyway, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are here. Father, that you are in this place. We thank you that your spirit is here because your spirit is within us. Lord, this is not just another Sunday, but Father, this is an opportunity to fellowship, to worship you. Lord, to be challenged in our faith, to be encouraged. Whatever it is we need, Lord, we thank you that you are here this morning. We praise you for that. Pray that you would guide this service now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Rick, I got to commend you for your opening last week. I, um, I really enjoyed that. And it was, it was simple and straightforward. And I, I guess I was thinking a little bit more about it. Not that my opening is on your opening, but you know, you said this was talking about this being holy ground. And, you know, we kind of think. I think back in the, in the Old Testament, when God revealed himself, it was typically in an area or a temple, and that was holy ground. And we, Now that we're in the New Covenant, we don't typically associate a particular place with being holy, for he's within us now, right? He's not just in a temple made by hands, but he is now within us. But I had to think, I was thinking, you know, I, I think maybe what, and again, I, I got other things, I, but the thought that I had is, I think the advantage that some of the older generation has is you guys have went through, you have some more history under your belt. And you have a few more decades there. And you can look back and go, yeah, God did a work there. And, and you begin to piece the puzzle together. And those of us that are a little bit younger, or maybe you're a young person here, maybe you're married, maybe you're single, you don't have a lot of that history. And so you don't see maybe what God is doing yet. And sometimes we... We tend to see the struggle, we see the, 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 the hardship, sometimes we see the testing, and we don't know how it all fits into, uh, into the grander picture of it. But, um, but as we get a little bit older, we can look back and go, you know what, God was doing something there, even though I didn't see it right during that time. And it was kind of like a holy, holy ground, a holy moment. But, um, you know, just briefly, I wanted to, I just had a couple of scriptures, I Something that's kind of been rolling around in my head the last several weeks is really this, this walk of faith that we're in. You know, we're called to live and to walk by faith. We're not called to live and walk by what we see, by what we feel. But you know, it's really, I know in my life, it's sometimes it's a lot easier said than done to walk in faith. And I would, wouldn't you probably agree that it's, it's not natural? It's really not in our, in our natural humanity, our natural flesh, and our natural thinking. It's just to go, oh, yeah, yeah that's just going to happen. You know, we just, faith is easy and automatic. And, and a lot of times it's, it's actually the other way around. It's, a lot of times it's easier to, to just default to fear, doubt, and unbelief. And yet we're called out of that. We're called to walk in faith. And so, um, the first scripture is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. So this walk of faith this, that, we're, that we're walking in, this life that we've been called to live, God has given us everything we need to be successful in this life. He's given us everything we need to walk in righteousness, to walk in godliness, and his word has the answers. His word is life. You know, I've really been thinking about that. Like, there's really, in, you know, we do family devotions together. We try to do them daily, and at least we get one in in the mornings. And a lot of times, we'll read a proverb, you know, and sometimes it's just one verse. And as you guys know, a lot of times in Proverbs, just there's so many Proverbs, just the, a single verse is a message. It's kind of a life lesson in and of itself. Sometimes you've got to read two or three of them, you know, that are, that are about the same subject, but there's so much in there. Sometimes we'll read a chapter in the New Testament elsewhere, but the Word has so many, so many answers for us. And yet that was God's provision. That is God's provision for us. It says, as His divine power has given to us all things, that pertain to life and godliness. Not some things, not just a couple things, and then you got to just hope and pray for the other things, like God is holding back something from you. No, He is a good Father. He's given you all things to live this life and to live it godly. And it says, and it says through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. So how do we get knowledge of God? Well, we get it from His Word. We get it from prayer. We get it from time spent with Him. This walk of faith. How many of you in here would say, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of believing God for some things. How many of you would say, you know what? There's some things in my life that, that are not complete yet, and I, I, I'm, you know, I, I need the Lord. I need some answers. I think most of us could say that, couldn't we? We could say there's something. Maybe there's somebody in your life. Maybe there's a friend, a brother, a parent that you're praying for, that you're you know, you know, you know that there's, there's a need there. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a grandchild. If, if we're not, if there's not something like that, I would venture to say maybe we're not really fully living and walking by faith. If we're not, if there's not some need in our life. Because I think that, you know, again, what, what does the word tell us? The word tells us, I mean, it tells us here that he has all things for us. That we can live this life successfully. But Jesus also promised that many will be the persecutions of the righteous. Many. He didn't say just a few. He said there will be many persecutions. A lot of times we don't like to talk about that because we don't really want to account that in this walk of faith. But the reality is, is there will be those persecutions. A lot of times, maybe they're not a physical infirmity. Maybe they're not a physical persecution from a neighbor. I don't know, setting your fence on fire or whatever. Maybe it's, but a lot of times it's right here. Right? It's, phys- it's, it's, it's in our mind. There's, there's the mind storms. There's the battle of the mind where the enemy is constantly, he's just, he's just, he's sending those fiery arrows, right? Those little darts out to us that are, that are not truth. The second scripture, and then we'll wrap this up, Romans 8.32, says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Our Father has already given us His Son. And I was thinking about that this morning. I was thinking, what would I give up one of my sons for? 
I have four sons. I'm soon to have a fifth one. I'm sorry. I don't think there's anybody I would give up one of my sons for. And yet God did that. His most beloved possession, his son, he gave him up for us to be the lamb of God that would take the sin of the world, to take my sin and, and, and nail that to the cross. If he did that, there's really not a whole lot more that we could ask God for that he would not freely give us. He is a good father. This morning, we're here to worship him. We're here to, we're here to encourage each other. We're here to be built up in our faith, in this walk of faith that we're in right now, this journey. And I would venture to say that there's all different levels right, right now that we're on. Some of us are like, man, I'm on the pillar. I'm, this walk of faith is awesome. I'm, you know, God is good. Some of us maybe are going through the valley. Don't, don't stop and pitch your tent in the valley. Go through it. Keep going, right? But we have the promise. We have the promise from the word that he will give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The second part is, is that he's already given us his, his, his son. How much more, if we have needs, that we petition to him, will he not give to us? You know, I think a lot of times we, we think, well, you know, I think sometimes that scripture gets abused and think, well, God's going to make me rich. He might, but I don't think that's his greatest concern. You know, spiritually, he has made us rich. We're wealthy beyond means. And someday when we get to heaven, it, we, won't, we can't even imagine what, you know, eye has not seen and ear has not heard what the Lord has for those who love him. But in this life, Will he not freely give us all things? And so, I, you know, I just want to encourage us today, wherever you're at in your walk, in your walk of faith, you know, sometimes we think, well, why do we go to church? Why do, we, why do I do what I do? So you guys ever ask yourself that question, why is it we do what we do? Well, I want to live a godly life. I want to do, you know, I'm called to be a dad. I'm called to take my family to church. And that's true. Um, or it's just what we do on Sundays, right? It's what we do. Well, that's not a real good answer. We are doing this because we need this fellowship. I need all of you. Some of you need a touch or a smile or a greeting from myself. We all need each other. We need to challenge each other in our faith and build each other up in this walk of faith. And that's what's amazing. We get to do it once a week, and then obviously through the week we have other interactions with each other. And... Um, so that we get stronger every single, every single day. And so, um, yeah, hopefully you guys got something out of that. Why don't we go ahead and stand and we'll pray and invite the worship team up. Lord, once again, we just praise you. We thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us these promises. You have promised that you will never leave us or forsake us, Lord. You promised that you will give us, that you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Lord, we thank you that you've already given us your son, and there's really nothing else that we could ask that you would not give us, Lord. We praise you this morning. Lord, may you be exalted in our worship and the message today. In Jesus' name, amen.
man, that's pretty humbling to say that I have nothing to give you, and yet you're here for us every day. Lord, thank you for coming here and for being with every person here today. I pray that you would bless everybody as we leave here and bless the service. And all God's people said, amen. Um, good morning. I'm sorry, I'm looking for somebody specifically. Um, I understand that we have a birthday today. Is that right? Where's, where's Kiana? Is she in here? She's not in here anymore. She slipped out. Man, shoot. If you see Kiana after service, tell her happy birthday. That's probably why she went out, because she didn't want to be sung to. So today is her birthday, so wish her happy birthday uh, if you see her later. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of enjoy seeing all the decorations, and we can see the lights up here on the ceiling. It was kind of cool. I was watching it. Maybe I was a little distracted by that. I don't know. But VBS is always a fun time. I often wonder if the who has more fun, the kids or the adults that come and help. But it's a good time. It's a really fun time, and uh, it's really fun to see uh, all the kids enjoying it and uh, knowing that they're learning um, what the Bible says and what's true. This morning, we're going in, into Acts chapter 3. We're going to finish this chapter, and we're kind of a few different things happening in the rest of this chapter, but we're going to get through the rest of this one. So Acts chapter 3, <clears throat> why don't you stand up with me if you would like to or if you're able you don't have to, but if you want to do, to read Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when, pe when Peter saw, saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this, or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it, and it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you 
from your iniquities. Father, thank you for your word. I just pray that you would give us your ears to hear what you have for us this morning. In your name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So last week, we talked about Acts, the first part of chapter 3, and the lame man that was healed, and Peter and John were there, and they said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we're going to give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That's where we were last week, and that's what happened. He was healed, he got up and walked, and he was leaping, walking and leaping and praising God. So this has happened, and now he is sticking pretty close to Peter and John after he's been healed. He's following along right beside him. Remember I had said that he was sitting at a gate that was very, uh, where he would have been noticed and seen, and everybody knew who he was, and when he had been healed, they still recognized him for the person that had used, used to have sat at the gate. Now you can imagine that as they're seeing this guy walking and leaping and praising God and he's following Peter and John, this is starting to attract quite a crowd because everybody wants to know what happened. What changed in this man's life that all of a sudden now he's walking and running? And he's excited. I would imagine he was excited. But Peter recognized what was going on, he recognized the opportunity to share the gospel. He recognized the opportunity to make sure that everybody that was there, the crowd that was being drawn, knew without a shadow of a doubt who it was that had healed this man. Because they start to look at Peter and John as though they did it. And I like how it says here, In verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this this man walk? Why are you looking at us? We didn't do it. It was Jesus that did it. It was by his name, it was by faith in his name that this man is walking So before Peter steps into sharing the gospel again, he wants to make it very clear that it wasn't by our power or our godliness that we healed this man. It was by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why this man is walking today. Yeah, I don't know. I look at all these decorations up here, and I am... If I would have had to do this, it would have been very overwhelming to me. Just put it that way. Janet does an absolutely amazing job. Very, very talented. I look at some of the other rooms that are decorated here, and if you come to Bible school at all, you might see some of those. But there are people that are very talented in the area of decoration that we're seeing right now. But you know what? Janet would be the first one to admit that that isn't, that's because of a gift that God has given her. And you know, it would be really easy to stand up and say, well, yeah, did you see what... I did. Peter could have said, Peter and John could have both said right here when this man was healed, did you see what we did? And that would have been a very, very dangerous place to be. Because you see in Daniel chapter 5, there was a guy that did that. And his name was King Nebuchadnezzar. And he stands on his rooftop and he looks out over his everything that he thought that he made. And he was bragging on himself. Look at all this that I have done. And if you know how that story goes, I don't think you want to try that. Because God says, right now, it's going to be taken from you. And you're going to eat grass like a wild beast. 
And he did. He did. Why? Because he didn't recognize who it was that actually had done the work. He didn't recognize who it was that actually had given him the ability and the talent to do what he was doing. See, Janet could decorate all this, and we say, Janet, thank you, man, this is great. And whatever it is that you are doing in your life that people congratulate you for, and they, who doesn't like accolades and a pat on the back, and we need to do that, and we need to be encouraging, but what we also need to do is we need to turn around and say it's only because of him that we are able to do anything that we do here today. Only because of him. It's not by my might or my power, but it's by Jesus and what he's done. So Peter and John could easily have wanted to take credit for this. Very easily. And I'm not saying if I would have been in that situation that I might not have wanted to do the same thing. You know, you, you kind of, it'd be nice to be able to take credit for something like that, wouldn't it? Can you imagine how people would see you? Can you imagine how popular would be and how well known you would be and how people would be flocking to come and see you? But that would be wrong. And you don't want to end up like King Nebuchadnezzar ended up like. He did, God did return his kingdom to him, and he did recognize who God was. But the first thing that Peter is doing right here, why are you looking at us as though we did something under our own power? I just want to make it very clear right away, right up front, it was nothing that we did. It was only us following what we were supposed to do. It was all Jesus. It was the power. It was faith in the name of Jesus. That's the reason this man walks. Do we take the credit for what God has done? Because God is working in each one of our lives. God has blessed us with talents, some that we can see visibly, some that we can hear, some that we experience, but God has blessed each one of us with talents. For me to come up here and play the piano would not be a very good thing. That's not a talent that he has blessed me with. But there are people that he has. For me to come up and decorate, I maybe could figure something out, but <laughs> I don't know where you come up with all these ideas, to be honest. But I know where it comes from. But are we ready and are we willing on a daily basis to give God the glory and give God the credit and give God the honor where it's due? I want to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We can get <clears throat> excuse me, caught up in the talents that God has given us and we can enjoy, I think it's important that we enjoy them. It's important that we step out and use them and we use them to bless other people, but most of all we use them to point people to Christ. That's why we use them. We get ready to have uh, vacation Bible school and it's a, it's a, a tiring week. We're here every evening it's a lot of younger kids, and by the end of the week, everybody's exhausted. But that's not why we do it. 
If we were trying to do something that we would get more rest and we wouldn't be so tired, it probably wouldn't be putting VBS on. But we don't do it because of us. We do it because we want to share the love of Christ with people. That's why we do it. That's why we take the talents that we've been given, that we have, that God wants us to be able to use, and we apply them in a situation like this with Bible school to share his love with people. That's the reason, to point people to Jesus. Do we do, we do what Peter and John did right here? Do we go out of our way to make sure that people know that it was Jesus that did it? Because you could just allow people to assume. You could allow people to think in their mind. No, Peter and John didn't do that. They wanted to make it very clear. It was not us that did it. It was Jesus that did it. It was Jesus that healed this man. It was faith in Jesus that healed this man. It was not anything of our own power that did I was thinking of the, the, the woman that had the issue of blood, the disease that she had for years and years, and she'd gone to all the doctors she could think of, and she didn't get anything fixed. And she saw, knew that Jesus was coming through, and she was thinking, it's in Matthew chapter 9, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She was so certain that if she touched the hem of his gar- garment, she would be healed. Do we live our life that way? Do we have that kind of faith That's incredible. Jesus told her, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. If we move on in Acts chapter 3, Peter goes on to tell again who this Jesus, who Jesus was, because remember, this was not old news. This was very new. That had just happened. It was not that long ago. There would have been a lot of people still alive that knew and saw what had happened and remembered what had happened, that Jesus had come. He had ministered to people. He had healed people. He had shared love, the, his love with people, and they still crucified him. And everybody would have, most people would have remembered this still even at this time. But it says, if you keep going down um, in verse 17, it says, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. <clears throat> they were watching for a Messiah to come. They knew that a Messiah was going to come, but they missed it. When Jesus came, they missed it. It said that they did it out of ignorance. One thing that when I read that word, there's one thing that I wanted to make sure. It said, it said uh, in Luke 23, 34, it says, Father, the Jesus, Jesus is hanging on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They don't, didn't really understand what they were doing. First uh, Timothy chapter 1. Verses 12 and 13. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, 
but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And this is Paul talking. He was persecuting Christian people. He was persecuting the people that loved Christ, but he was doing it ignorantly. He didn't know what was going on. He had not had that experience with Christ that opened his eyes to really see that was what was going on. And so when I start reading this in Acts chapter 3 about they did it ignorantly, there's one thing that came to mind that I just want to make sure that nobody here can claim ignorance. Because Jesus came and he taught and he healed And he died for you. And he rose again. And he took your place for your sin. So that you don't have to bear the, the consequences of your sin. And so I share that and I say that because he did that for you. Last week I read the verse that said, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knew that we wouldn't all choose to love him. He knew that we wouldn't all choose to follow him, but he still did it anyways. And I don't want anybody here to be able to claim ignorance because you don't know what Jesus did for you. If you read your Bible and you read what, why Jesus came and why he was here and why he died, he did it for you. He did it all for you and for me. All of it. Did he have to? No, he didn't have to. Did he have a choice? Yes, he had a choice. And the choice that he made was to die. Because he wanted to take the punishment for your sins and mine. And he would do it again if it was needed, but it's not needed. I don't want anybody here to be able to claim ignorance that sitting here in church, in this church building, that I never heard that Jesus died for me. I want to take that away from everybody right now. You know, because you've heard that Jesus died for you. And nobody here can claim ignorance. And that would be my fault if I did not share that. Because it says they did it ignorantly. Their eyes had not been opened. And I understand that it isn't anything that I can say. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that is going to convict people. And it's going to open people's eyes and change people's views on things. And that's what was happening in 1 Timothy when Paul was talking about, <clears throat> I persecuted people, but I did it in ignorance. That's what he's talking about. His eyes had not been opened to the truth, and I recognized and realized that what I say is just a seed that is planted that then the Holy Spirit can take and can bring it back to your mind so that you can remember it another time. But I don't want anybody to be able to claim ignorance that they didn't know. I just didn't know what Jesus did for me. Now you know. If you didn't know now, then, you do now. The people in that day did, thing out, did things out of ignorance. Do people we meet today know the hope that is in us? Do people that we know today, meet today, know of the hope? And I'm, just, I'm not talking about people necessarily that we talk to even, just people that we see. Can they see it? Is it obvious 
Not by what we say, but by what we do. By what we listen to, by the places that we go, by the way that we talk. Is it obvious? The hope that we have? It should be. I hope it is. I hope it is in me. Are we living it out? Are we verbalizing it? Are we sharing it with others? Because that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We aren't here to... um, We're here to do all of these things, but we're not here just to work hard, to make enough money to survive. We're here to bring glory and honor to Christ. And the reason that we get to work hard and the reason that we get to survive and the reason that we get to do the things that we do is only because of Jesus. That's all. And if we can remember to give him the glory, to give him the credit for things that happen in our lives. It talks now in the rest of this chapter, it talks a lot about the prophets of old that we're talking. And uh, I'm going to, I will read another verse in just a little bit, but it's interesting how it says, repent, verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And I like what this says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. If we turn from living in sin, there will be a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Even today, we can be refreshed being in the presence of the Lord. I just like how that word's out there. But it goes on talking about different prophets. All the prophets, you read through the Old Testament, there was prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet all through the Old Testament. You know what all those prophets were doing? were supposed to be doing. Maybe they weren't all good prophets. They were all pointing to Jesus. The final prophet that was going to come. They were all pointing to Jesus. So it says, uh, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Now at the time that he said this, I'm going to go back into Deuteronomy and read it. Uh, it's possible that they were they when they saw Joshua take his spot that they thought maybe that's the prophet they were that Moses was talking about, but ultimately that's not the prophet Moses was talking about. He was talking about Jesus. All through Scripture, uh, Deuteronomy 18 is where we're going to go. All through Scripture, all of these prophets that came were all pointing to Christ. Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 22. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear according to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb. In the same day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will raise up from them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? 
When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. All of the prophets that came, the prophet that is being predicted right here is Jesus. They all were pointing to Jesus. Every single one of them were pointing to Jesus. You go down to the end, and it talks about um, God saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do we recognize that we are included in all the families of the earth? That includes us today. And we have been blessed by the seed of Abraham in the name, the name being Jesus is the one that has come through the seed of Abraham. I want to read again uh, Galatians. I've read this one before, but I'm going to read it again. Galatians chapter 3, uh, 26 through 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's nobody that's left out of that. Nobody. What did it say? It said, and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That includes us today. And we are blessed. Can you not say that we're blessed? We heard that earlier in sharing time, that we're very blessed here. As we wrap up the three things to remember from this morning, is give God the glory. Don't take credit for what you didn't do. Give God the glory. Make sure that the talents that he has given you that attract people's interest, make sure that they know and are very clear that it's only because of God that we have those talents. The second one is don't be ignorant. Don't try to be ignorant. Don't try to say, I didn't know, because you know. And the last one that I have is share the hope that we have. Because we have hope. We have hope that the world is looking for. We have the hope that people are seeking. They're looking. They're wondering where it is. They're wondering what it is. And we have it. And let's not keep it to ourselves. Stand up if you would with me. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing. Um, Our God is an awesome God. Father, thank you so much for this morning. I just pray that you would help us to give you the glory. Help us to point people to you when they are drawn to some talent that we have. I pray that we can very quickly point them to you. Lord, not to take credit ourselves, but to give you all the credit. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that as we go about our week, we can share the hope that we have with anybody that we meet, whether it's through talking or whether it's just through action. Even something as simple as holding a door open for somebody. Lord, I pray that people can see it. And Lord, also help us not to be ignorant, but help us to trust and rely on you and you alone. Thank you, Father, for your love. I pray that you would guide us as we go from here. Just pray a blessing on VBS this week. I pray that your name, your love, your word would go out and be shared. 
your name we pray. Amen.